Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today, and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. You know, the Lord began to talk to us through the, the tongues that our sister Sylvia uh, spoke out this morning and then the interpretation of that about believing. But believing. One thing I ask you to do, and that's believe, he said. And, you know, so our theme for this resurrection season that, that we're starting into and this series leading up to Resurrection Sunday, you know, our theme is, I believe. What do I believe? It matters what you believe. Praise God. It, it matters, I mean, seriously matters what you believe. Praise God. You know, I jotted down some things here, and I want to ask you to say these with me. You can just repeat them back after me. Say, I believe Jesus Christ came in the flesh. According to 1 John 4, Verse 3, and 2 John 1, verse 7. I believe Jesus Christ came in the flesh. See, that's, that's vital. Why is it so important that Jesus came in the flesh? Because man was given authority in this earth. If I don't believe Jesus came in the flesh, then... I don't believe he had the authority to be here and do what he did. You know, that's why the devil would rather you believe that Jesus came as the Son of God. Because man was given authority in the earth. It's important that Jesus became a man. It is important that a man went to the cross for you. It is important, Paul told Timothy... He said, there is one mediator between God and man. And then notice what he said. The man, Christ Jesus. The man, Christ Jesus. You see, the Bible says that though he was God, he was in the form of God and thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Yet he humbled himself and became flesh. John said he came, became, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. He became flesh and dwelt among us. He became 
who we are. Why did he become who we are? So we could become who he is. Praise God. And if he didn't become who I am, then I can't become who he is. The devil would prefer for you to focus in on the deity of Christ. That sounds backwards to our religious way of thinking. Well, God or, or the devil doesn't want us to realize he's God, that Jesus is God. No, he don't care if you realize he's God. He doesn't want you to realize that Jesus came in the flesh. It says every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ came in the flesh is of God. Every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ came in the flesh, it says is the spirit of Antichrist. He doesn't want you to realize that Jesus came in the flesh. He walked on this earth. He lived here as a man. And Paul said that there is one mediator that is seated at the right hand of God between God and man, and it is the man, Christ Jesus. It's important that we know that he came in the flesh. Praise God. You see, he didn't come here to prove what God could do. Well, Jesus came to show us what God can do. No, we saw that. You know, the Red Sea parted. I think that's what God can do. All right? We saw in the Old Testament, lepers cleansed. That's what God can do. We saw the, the sun stand still for a day. That's what God can do. We saw signs and wonders and miracles throughout the Old Testament. That's what God can do. Jesus didn't have to come here to show us what God can do. Jesus came here to show us what a man anointed of the Holy Spirit can do. He became flesh and dwelt among us. The Bible says he emptied himself and humbled himself even to the point of death, and not just any death, the death of the cross. And it says, therefore God has highly exalted him, praise God, and has given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of being in heaven and in earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There is a man seated at the right hand of God in heaven today. Praise God. Praise God. You see, this, this also reveals to us the depth of his commitment to us. We tend to think that, well, he became a human being and came and dwelt on this earth for for 33 years, and then he went back to heaven and went back to being God. But Paul said there's a man sitting there. The man Christ Jesus. He became committed to you forever. Forever. He became flesh, but there is nowhere in the scripture that it says he ever took off flesh. He became what you are forever, for eternity. That's the depth of his commitment to you. Praise God. I started on the confessions and started preaching. Let's go to number two. I believe 
Though Jesus is God, he humbled himself to become a man and lived among us according to uh, Philippians 2, verses 5 and 8. Number three, I believe Jesus lived a sinless life according to Hebrews 4.15. Yet he became sin for me so I could become righteous according to first, uh, or second, second Corinthians. Don't say it like I did, okay? I'll think you're making fun of me. 2 Corinthians 5.21. I believe Jesus Christ was born of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead according to Romans 1 verses 3 and 4 I believe Jesus Christ became a man for me for eternity according to 1 Timothy 2.5 I believe that today the man, Christ Jesus, is the only mediator between God and man. And he is the only way to God, according to 1 Timothy 2.5 and John 14.6. I believe Jesus has gone to prepare a place for me and for all those who have believed upon him and that he is coming again to receive me to himself so that where he is, I will be also, according to John 14, 3. You see, it's important what we believe. It's important what we believe. Jesus is coming back. Do you believe he's coming back? You see, if we believe he's coming back, then it would behoove us to be ready. Now, I grew up having fear preached at me constantly, and I was always worried about losing my salvation, and you know, this sounds, this sounds funny, but it was, it's a reality that when, when I was a kid, I would lay awake at night. If I had done something I shouldn't have done, I'd lay awake at night because I could hear dad snoring. And if I could hear dad snoring, I knew everything was okay. 
But if dad rolled over and I couldn't hear him snoring anymore, I had so much fear that the rapture was going to take place and I wasn't going to be ready. And, you know, there is a certain... There, there is a certain beneficial aspect of that, is that, that we, we want to live ready. But the fear part of it, that's not healthy. That's not healthy. Because the fact is, if you have received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, then when Jesus comes back, you're not going to be left behind. But... Why do you want to live in such a way that, you know, that, that you're not ready? You know, do you, do you want to stand before Jesus, the one who gave his life for you? Not a fearful thing, but just a knowing that I didn't really care about what was important to him. I lived my life, and I didn't care about the things that were important. Yeah, he gave his life for me. I'm not trying to preach condemnation, but I'm trying to say, what would you feel like if you lived your life without a care of what was important to Jesus, and then you stand before him, and you're there only because of what he did for you, and only because what he did for you was what was important to him? But you didn't care about what was important to him. You know, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't want to think about that. And I know that you'll be happy to be in heaven, and that, that you'll be excited about being in the presence of God and being in heaven. But, you know, you're not going to lose your mind when you go to heaven. I mean, think about this. The only part of your three-part makeup that's not going to heaven is your body. You're going to get a new one of those. But your spirit is going to be in the presence of the Lord. Your soul is going to be in the presence of the Lord. The soul is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. And you're going to be so glad you made it into heaven, but you're going to remember that You didn't really care about the things that were important to Jesus when you were on earth. And, you know, and I don't know if this is true or not, and I'm not going to try to prove it theologically. Uh, But but I, I think this. The Bible says God will wipe away all tears. I think part of those tears just might be, like I said, I'm not going to try to prove it from the Bible, but I think some of those tears that God's going to have to wipe away are going to be because of the way we lived on earth, because we didn't care about the things that were important to him. Didn't keep him from taking us to heaven. He loves us so much he died so you would be with him, and you're going to be with him. But I'm saying, don't you want to live in a way that that you won't have to cry about the way you lived on earth? That God won't have to wipe your tears away? You know, we, we could say a lot about that. And like I say, I, I don't know if that's what the tears are going to be about that God wipes away. 
But I do know that because he loved me, I love him. And because I love him, I want to do the things that are pleasing to him. This is not working to gain salvation. This is working because I have gained salvation. Because he has saved me. Because he identified with me. Because he came and he lived on this earth. And he walked among, uh, among men. And he lived here and he experienced all the limitations that we experience in this life. This is why that the, I'm convinced that why the scripture says that it's good for you that I go away. Why? Because he experienced limitations here, but now he's going to send the Holy Spirit and he's going to move on the inside of you and he's going to dwell in you and with you, praise God, and the glory of the Lord is not going to fill one man in one place, but the glory of the Lord is going to fill the earth because there is a man seated at the right hand of God who sent the same Spirit that empowered him to dwell on the inside of you so that the glory of God could fill the earth. That's what he wants to happen praise God praise God and it is my life's ambition to do everything within my power to contribute to that happening praise God his glory is going to fill the earth whether I do my part or not but I, I, I want to contribute to that praise God praise God you see, why did Jesus have to come and be a man? Because being a man is the legal entry into the earth. Natural, physical, human birth. When Jesus said, you must be born again, and then Nicodemus asked him, he said, well, you know, what are you talking about, Lord? How can, can a man enter into his mother's womb the second time and be born again? And Jesus said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. He said, you must be born of the water and of the Spirit. Now, what was he talking about there? He wasn't talking about being baptized in water. I mean, some, some teach that, that Jesus was saying, well, you have to be baptized in water and be born of the Spirit. No, he was saying you have to be born a physical human birth. In John 10, he says there's one that climbed up another way. He said, that one is a thief and a robber. He's talking about the devil. He's here not by human birth, but he is here by deception. That's how he got here. He says, he's a thief and a robber. He climbed in the window. He climbed in the, some other way other than physical human birth. Jesus said, I am the shepherd of the sheep. I came in through the door, which is physical human birth. I was born of a woman here on this planet. I took on flesh, and I live here as a man. Praise God. Was he the son of God? Of course he was the son of God. Always was and always will be the son of God. But you know what? He became born of a woman, born a natural, physical, human birth, so he could live here on this earth legally. Praise God. And his, sal his salvation that he's made so abundantly free to you is a legal salvation. 
He met all the requirements for being here. He became man and dwelt among us. Praise God. Praise God. And he proved to you. The Bible calls him the last Adam. Not the second, because if he's the second, I mean, he was second, but, but it, it, and in one verse it does call him the second Adam. But it's, I, I like to emphasize the verse that calls him the last Adam. Because last, even though it was second, last means there cannot be a third. There will never be another way. It's not pick and choose your way to God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Praise God. Praise God. And he did that for you and me. He lived here on this earth. Why didn't he just come here and just die real quick and go on and get done? Because he wanted to show us some things. He wanted to teach us some things. There was a transition that needed to take place. See, prior to Jesus coming, there was a system called the Law of Moses that was in place. And under the Law of Moses, there was a list of requirements, a list of commandments that you had to keep these commandments in order to receive the blessing of God. But nobody could meet those requirements. Nobody could live up to that standard. So Jesus came and if he kept the commandments as God, that means nothing to you and me. But he kept those commandments as a man, which proved he did it as the last Adam, which proves that the first Adam could have done it, but he didn't. But the last Adam did. The last Adam came, and he fulfilled every single law, and he says, okay, all of these commandments have been fulfilled, perfectly kept by a man. Praise God. And now, having met all of the requirements, there is no legal reason for me to be put to death. But I'm going to volunteer to be put to death for their sake, for your sake, for my sake. He was put to death. You see, it's significant why he died a, uh, the death he died, that, that he died a death uh, on a cross instead of a death by stoning. The Jews stoned people to death. And the significance of that is that the, the commandments written and engraved on stones condemned them to death. And then because they were condemned by what was on the stones, therefore they were stoned to death. Jesus couldn't be convicted by the stones. Hallelujah. He was a man, but he could not be convicted by the stones. So he was nailed to the cross because there was a, an obscure law that was, you know, most people don't know about this law. But there was a law that said that cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. So God said, I'm going to use that law to get the curse off of you and get it on him. Praise God. So Jesus was nailed to a 
cross. God had to get him on a cross. That's why the scripture says when the fullness of time had come, that is when the Roman Empire was in rule of the earth system, the Romans crucified people. So God needed to get him in the earth at the time of the Roman rule so that he would be nailed to a cross rather than stoned. He couldn't be convicted. If he had been stoned, it would have been an illegal death. But the Romans, Gentiles, nailed him to a cross. Now the Jews gave him to the Romans. Said, you, you take him and put him to death. Take, take him and crucify him. They nailed him on a cross. And the moment they nailed him on the cross, every curse came off of you and came onto him. Because cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So the fact that he was nailed to a tree caused the curse to come off of you and onto him. Every curse. And death, well... Because he became sin, therefore sin died. Because he became a curse, the curse died. And it was buried. Burials where you properly dispose of things. So he was nailed to the cross, he became the curse there. Because he became that, then he properly disposed of it. And he rose victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And it's important that he rose again and went into the Holy of Holies in heaven, carrying his own blood there as proof that the penalty for your sin and my sin had been paid. Praise God. Praise God. And after he had done so, he was finished, and he sat down at the right hand of the Father, where today the man, Christ Jesus, sits. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what he did for you. Now, justice required a man, and justice was met. I want us to pray this morning. If you have never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I want you to pray this with me. Say this, God in heaven, I believe that you sent your son Jesus who died on a cross for me, who paid the penalty for all my sins, and that he is risen from the dead, and he is my Lord. I choose him as my Lord. Jesus, come into my life. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you and we want to hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select I Choose Jesus on our website and we've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus and I want to encourage you to do that. 
once again, thank you for joining us and remember that God is madly in love 